0: To the Women's Health Wisdom & Wine podcast, a bi-weekly conversation with practitioners, providers, patients, and healers about complex reproductive medicine and women's health challenges, the value of an integrative approach to these challenges, many of the women's health topics you're already thinking about but uncomfortable talking about, and my personal favorite, wine. I'm your host, Dr. Lorena White, an integrative reproductive medicine and women's health provider, licensed acupuncturist, clinical herbalist and a former labor support doula in the Washington, D.C. metro area. My goal is to bring women's health-specific evidence and expertise to the forefront of daily health and wellness news through informative conversations. If you have ideas, questions, and specific topics that you would like us to cover in future podcast episodes, please leave them in the comment section or send us an email. To learn more, visit the website at www. LorenaWhite.com. As you enjoy the podcast, conversations, and wine time, please remember that this podcast is not designed to be a substitute for a bona fide relationship with a licensed or certified healthcare professional. September is Polycystic Ovarian Syndrome Awareness Month. This month, yes, the entire month of September, we're switching up our podcast format as we transition from bi-weekly to weekly episodes. Each week during this month, you'll be hearing from me as I talk about PCOS from background and causal factors to case studies and integrative healing solutions. PCOS is one of the most common and most often misdiagnosed ovulatory disorders in women's health. This month is dedicated to raising awareness, educating the public, and conquering PCOS. You can help spread awareness by wearing teal throughout the month or simply pinning the teal ribbon on your clothing. Okay, let's get started. And we're back. It is now week four of Polycystic Ovarian Syndrome Awareness Month. And I've enjoyed having an opportunity to share with you how we go about treating PCOS here at the center, what the important things to know about, and how you can better advocate for and empower another woman who may be having and experiencing fertility challenges associated with PCOS. So in week one, just to recap, we really talked about a lot about background and the prevalence of PCOS, the diagnosis, what the really overall the history and the risk factors are and the chronicity of it, some of the characteristics of PCOS in terms of it being genetic and also the overall prevalence like why is it so high in the first place we talked about the insulin resistance factors we talked about the presence of testosterone factors the losing weight and the troubles with overall gaining weight and not being able to lose it and just in general the specific causes as they're tied to genetics the androgen levels and the insulin levels we highlighted the fact that this is a metabolic disorder that has reproductive health implications and how so many times, even when we're, you know, going into a doctor's office or having a conversation with their doctor, they're primarily focusing on the menstrual cycle and the activities associated with menstruation versus the metabolic component and the metabolic consequences associated with Type 2 diabetes like signs and symptoms. So in two, t- week two, we went on to talk about signs and symptoms and the clinical manifestations, the hirsutism, the extra hair, the excess hair in places that are usually associated where men have hair, acne, male pattern baldness, the skin tags, the weight gain, and the darkening of the skin. And of course, the fertility of challenges associated with having a regular menstrual cycle. So then last week we talked about the diagnosis and the different diagnoses and the four different types of PCOS. And we talked about type A, B, C, and D, the inflammatory type, the insulin resistant type, the post-pill type, and the adrenal PCOS type presentations. And each of these presentations have a mishmash of the three major clinical and cardinal signs and symptoms and how they all relate to each other. The inflammatory PCOS presentation has a high androgen level with associated signs and symptoms, also regular periods and ovulation and the presence of polycystic ovaries. When we move to the insulin resistant type of PCOS presentation, we saw, again, similar high androgens and symptoms, high androgens and their associated symptoms an irregular period and irregular ovulation, of course. However, there are no cysts on the ovaries and the ovaries present and appear normal. In type C, the post-pill type of PCOS, we're talking with high androgens and associated symptoms. However, the periods are regular. Anywhere between 28 and 35 days, the intervals are regular. However, we still have that presentation of cyst on ovaries. And then that last type of PCOS, that type D presentation, the adrenal PCOS presentation, here we have a regular or normal level of androgens. The periods are still irregular. ovulation of course will follow, and there are presence of polycystic ovaries. So here you'll see that all the different types of presentations and you may or may not fall into that category, however, again, you'll be able to make a determination of where you fall. And now those categories will also help us lead to this point, which is treatment. And when we look at treatment, we look at treatment from two different angles. One, to manage the symptoms, things that we can see, the signs, things that we can, or the symptoms, things that we can't see, like the fertility challenges, and also the things that we can see, the signs like the acne, the male pattern baldness, things of that nature. So, we can break that into two different categories lifestyle modifications and pharmacologic intervention. And when we look at lifestyle modification, losing only 10% of your body weight, just think about that 10% of your body weight. It's gonna seem like a lot no matter how much weight you have to lose, but if we look at 10% of your body weight through healthy eating and regular physical activity, that will lower the glucose, improve how the body utilizes insulin, which is again that card one of those cardinal cardinal um, signs and symptoms that one would see, and normalizing hormones. So, all those things together will also regulate the menstrual cycle. So, if you think about just losing ten percent of the body weight, whatever that is, whether you weigh you know 150 pounds or 350 pounds, losing ten percent means anywhere between losing 15 and 30 pounds can make dramatic and have dramatic effects on the presentation of your PCOS. So changing your eating habits, starting to regularly exercise can decrease the glucose level, improve how your body utilizes insulin, normalize the hormones, and regulate your menstrual cycle. We talk about things that you can do in terms of addressing the signs, meaning that extra hair. There are so many different creams and laser hair removals and electrolysis that can be done. But again, these can all help regulate themselves when we deal with the lifestyle modifications and things that are going to slow that hair growth, like the eflornithine HCL treatments, which are a cream that you can put on the skin. So either way, we're looking at lifestyle modifications. And then on the other side are the pharmacologic interventions. Now, when we talk about pharmacologic interventions, again, these are things that you're going to have to do pretty much for the rest of your life, whether you're making a lifestyle modification or taking some type of synthetic hormone or drug. It's going to be something that you're going to have to do lifelong to continue to manage your symptoms. However, with pharmacologic intervention those are going to change because your body's going to start to change with it and you might need more more often and again that's not necessarily the approach that we're looking for however we want to make sure we present all the options so one knows what to expect so when you're looking at birth control as a pharmacologic intervention as you've been seeing one of the presentations was a post-pill birth or post-pill birth control pill presentation for us when we're dealing with a condition that already has factors that are associated with hormonal control, adding other aspects to an already disrupted condition doesn't really seem to make sense. However, in conventional medicine, you will see that birth control is often given and suggested as a way to regulate the menstrual cycle. And however it potentially can lower the risk of endometrial cancer, potentially improve the acne, and reduce the extra hair on the face and body. However, you're taking birth control again. Is that going to, for some women, that makes the situations worse? Some women, it makes the situation better and improves it. But even such, it's usually temporary. There are also antiandrogen medications, spironolactone, finasteride, flutamide, and the most common metformin. All these are going to help address the androgen component of your hormone imbalances. And then there's the clomiphene citrate or Clomid. This is what most people will hear or are familiar with in terms of fertility treatment. Clomid is designed to induce ovulation. However, in the clinical sphere, in the clinical setting, we find that letrozole is more effective. The gonadotropin therapy again the recombinant fsh and hcg all of those again to help stimulate that cycle of hormones that affect the ovaries and then ovarian drilling or diathermy um, that's a laparoscopic surgical procedure that triggers ovulation not so common very expensive and definitely invasive and again what's most common with those who have been diagnosed with pcos is IVF. IVF is a procedure where the mature eggs are retrieved from the ovaries and then fertilized by the sperm in a lab type setting so there you have it that's how we're going to pretty much deal with pcos and address the signs and symptoms from a conventional setting in a conventional medicine setting however we're an integrative medicine and reproductive, integrated reproductive medicine and women's health practice. We do things a little bit differently here. So next week, we're going to take a step into our world and actually deal with a clinical example. And we'll end the month talking about how we can all be more aware of and how we can address PCOS from a holistic and integrative and a personalized perspective. Take care. We'll see you next week. An important aspect of PCOS Awareness Month is advocacy, whether it's by sharing your individual fertility story or supporting other women challenged by a PCOS diagnosis. This month of September gives all of us the opportunity to join the conversation. Share your experiences to empower and uplift other women. Remember, empowered women empower women. See you next week.